So welcome to the Expert Edge. Today's a really special episode. I have got my amazing wife, Sarah Boyd, on the podcast with us, and we have a hopefully really insightful and hilarious conversation all about being an entrepreneur and having kids. And so I think one of the biggest challenges in life is not just growing a business, but also growing a business when you've got kids. And we talk about navigating some of the challenges, some of the uh, systems, rhythms, strategies that we've put in place that have made a big difference. And I trust it's going to be really helpful for you if you have kids. Uh, It's definitely one of those podcasts that I think will uh, be super helpful and practical. And secondly, if you want to have kids uh, as an entrepreneur, uh, what are some things to put in place to really help you to get set up to do that well? And so... I'm excited to have Sarah back on the podcast. And by the way, if you do get a chance and you find this valuable, uh, please leave a review. I'd be really grateful for that on iTunes. So guys, let's get into it all about entrepreneurship and navigating it successfully with kids. You are listening to the Expert Edge Podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage position themselves as authorities and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boy. So welcome to the Expert Edge. Uh, I have got my amazing wife, Sarah Boyd, here with us, back by demand. Welcome, babe. Hi. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Did we really just kick off it like that? Can we start that again? No, this is it. This is the official recording. I'm sorry, guys. By the way, when this you're laughing... This is so awkward. Oh when-, <laughs> when you're laughing, you're laughing really loud into the audio. So just <laughs> just quiet that down a little bit. Honestly, my audio is no going off the chain. No one should do podcasts with their husband, I don't think. Okay. okay. So <laughs> people's ears are just like getting blown away <laughs> at the moment by the audio. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, this is great. So we've kicked off strong. Um Today's conversation, we're talking all about parenting as an entrepreneur. So having kids. Because you have to have them to be a parent. (laughs) Good one. That's very insightful. Well done, babe. You got me back. It's good. I like it. I like it. I like where this is going. Um, So uh, if if you are an entrepreneur listening right now and you have kids or you want to have kids, listen up because we know everything. (laughs) We don't. Absolutely not. No, this podcast is really going to be all about um, some ideas, some challenges that we've faced and we want to share a little bit of us and our story and so forth and also share some insights. Now, uh, I want to officially welcome Sarah because she runs an amazing community called Resilient Little Hearts. Now, by the way, if you are on Instagram, check that out, Resilient Little Hearts. Her, she started at about two, just over two years ago or so. It's blown up to like 80,000 followers or something in two years. It's out of control, basically, uh, because she's brilliant. And she just has this capacity and ability to speak to parents, I think, effectively. um, And she's just got such wise advice. So I'm excited about this conversation. I think it's going to be really helpful, really grounded. Our goal with uh, sharing these sort of podcasts are that... We don't just, uh, you know, share all the hypey advice, right? Yeah. Like real advice. We want real. Grounded advice. Because I think in this personal development industry, there is a danger 
to make it too personal developy because uh, that's a word. And <laughs> You're really good at making up words, I feel like. I'm, I'm good at most things. <laughs> so... <laughs> No. Uh, no, there is a danger to be too egotistical. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, there is a danger to uh, to make it. I don't know, too hypey. And I we've always tried to seek out advice from people and have people in our life who provide grounded advice in amongst all the high performance that's mm. going on in this industry, which is great. But I don't know about you. But I have seen people do meteoric rises in this industry and completely implode their life. And this is the thing is if you're in our community and you're a listener here, I want to make sure that you build a life that's worth living. You build a life that you love, a build a life that's grounded and connected to your family, connected to yourself, connected to your mission and what you you know want to do with your life. So the conversation today is all about parenting as a entrepreneur and how does that look and what what are some useful things that we can learn from that so uh babe do you want to kind of start off with you know what are some of the challenges uh <laughs> that that we talked about no work boundaries you know as an entrepreneur one of the big challenges is not having <coughs> boundaries and i think that this is something that you're really strong at yeah can you talk to that well, yeah, like before we, before I talk to that, I just want to go back to what you were saying about how you've, like, there's so many people in this industry who've had big rises and huge business success, but have had implications in their family life. And I think what's interesting, I know we've done an episode before on marriage, working together, but um, when, when a marriage relationship isn't invested into or it's unhealthy, you can see it fairly quickly. Um, when the relationship with your children isn't healthy or isn't invested into, it takes a long time to see those results because children are neurologically wired to attach to their parents. Damn, that's a good point. Holy moly. <laughs> Excuse me. So I, I do want to preface this is that sometimes like we're seeing consequences of a relationship that's developed over many years and or maybe you've gone through seasons where you really haven't invested in that relationship with your children. You may not see a consequence straight away. And so I do just want to bring that not at all to shame you or to make you feel oh, I'm a horrible parent because there's enough of that kind of language in our society. But just to remember that children are a very different relationship than a marriage relationship. Mm, that's really wise. And so how are they different? Okay, so children are, like I said before, they're neurologically wired to attach to parents and particularly in the ages from zero to seven, they are learning subconsciously about the world. And so if they are experiencing like on an on an intense degree, uh, rejection from their parents, children don't see that as we would see it as an adult. We would see a person or a, even a spouse or a friend is rejecting me. What it, You might ask the question, what is it about them? What is it about the situation? Maybe what is it about me? But children don't ask that. Children ask one question only, which is what is it about me? And so they start to internalize things a lot more. And so children also they don't um, see a sep they don't see a separation. It's not a separation and their parents and their parents and the part of their brain that um, develops self control called the prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed until young adulthood. And so there, Mine, mine's still developing as well. 
<laughs> We're still working on that. <laughs> still working on that. Um, the way that they process stress, and this is for children like zero to seven years old in particular, um, they they don't they don't have language or um, self control with their emotions, and so it comes out in behavioural issues. And then again, as t- uh, children are older, growing older, from like I want to say ages seven to twelve. Um, they're beginning to get language around it, but if you're if you haven't developed a healthy attachment with your child, um, or like a good connection with your child, by the time they enter the teen years, you're going to find those teen years highly volatile as well. Mm. So it's just it they're just our role in their burn. life. Yeah, it's a very slow thing, and it's our role in their life is to provide a sense of stability and a sense of connection and to show them through our behaviour that the world is a safe place Mm. and that who they are is a good person. Mm. Yeah, so I think this is really interesting because as entrepreneurs, we're really driven and we have big goals. And I think for me, I mean, one thing is that I've discovered that I actually have big goals and I'm actually really driven, which I didn't think I was. And I feel like being in relationship with with you, babe, has brought that out of me in a good way Yeah. Uh, because I was very distracted and off in my own world before that. Uh, but I'm curious to know, like, what are your, what's your perspective on how does someone, if someone's really driven as an entrepreneur, how do they still be connected to their kids and their family and create that safety and teach them that the world's a safe place and that home's a safe place? Yeah. So firstly, I think to acknowledge who you are and the fact that you're a goal-oriented individual makes makes you awesome and makes you amazing and you're going to show your children the possibilities of life and how they can, you know, have they use their strengths and do something incredible in the world. So I don't think it's about trying to be someone that you're not and trying to be like less goal oriented. I think it's just being aware of when what I believe is your superpower can become like a weakness or become so what the superpower of being goal-driven and being ambitious and being entrepreneurial is that you create something that's never been done mm. before. You pioneer, you create a, a reality that you didn't expect. The kryptonite of that type of personality is that you can become so solely focused on what you're doing that you're unaware of the effect of that on other people. I think that's so true. And I think that this is one of the challenges that even for me personally, I get into because... Yeah. I'm so focused on the goal and what we're trying to create and I feel a lot of purpose and, and mission in it. But then I don't know if it's, it might, it may be a bloke thing or it may not be, <laughs> probably isn't. It's probably like, you know, I'm generalizing here, but but it's, I, I find myself f- almost forgetting that the kids have needs sometimes. Yeah. Like I'm like, you know, I'm so focused on creating results and 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 then like I forget these little people have these have these needs inside of them and i know that when i connect with them especially on a saturday which we will talk about because we do like a sabbath on a saturday uh you know i feel really connected to that but i but there was one thing that i'd love to talk about even here which i had some advice given to me which was create a goal out of connecting with Mm. with your kids and with your wife your husband your family make that a goal and I think as an entrepreneur that definitely stood out to me like what have you 
yeah, what have you noticed in me or in in life that works with that? With that? Yeah, I really noticed a big difference for you when you got that advice of like, you know, when you create your financial goals or your quarterly mm. goals, like is one of your goals on there, like how much time you've spent with your children or mm. is one of your goals like doing a special activity with one of the kids, like and having that as the same level of importance in your life as the quarterly and the financial mm. goals. Um, Can I say something on that? Because mm. one thing that Sarah and I both do every day is we write out our beliefs. Mm. And I had a mentor say to me, uh, because I was I was telling him my beliefs, I'm like, I'm a market leader, you know, I'm yeah. a world-class speaker, I'm a transformational coach. And he's like, oh, okay. And where are you writing about how you're present with your kids, how you're thoughtful with your wife? Like, are you writing that down? And I'm like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> It's on the next list. Just turn the page. <laughs> but I'm achieving things. <laughs> totally. And that was like such a good wake up call. That was, and I still do that because mm. I know you experience that love yeah. every day. You're amazing. Very thoughtful. <laughs> so, so present all the time. Um, but I, I do do that actively in my journal every day, ever since I've, or every day that I journal, most days. Um, ever since I got that advice, it's definitely like, it's kept, kept at front of mind yeah well I just think like we're very quick to take for granted like the people closest to us Mm. because they're just it's just the fabric of everyday life but I think the other thing is to like business and success and like entrepreneurial success is a lot more able to be measured metrically so it's Mm. it's a very clear game of how to win and you know when you're winning and you know when maybe you're not doing that great and it's just very clear to you relationships are messy and so it's often not clear like how much investment do I need to put in or or what in type of investment and so sometimes that can be like off-putting if you've got challenges with your children if you've if they've got like behavioral challenges or anything like that that can be another thing that you just sometimes work can become a bit of an escape um I mean we always joke it's so true yeah, we always joke that when we became parents that like, you know, you'd go to work and it was like, that was work. But like when you became, once you became parents and there's no sleep and you're in that crazy season, it's just like work was the break. Work is a holiday. <laughs> I really have to say, and I I full on know that, like in taking the kids sometimes, you know, for the whole day, my gosh, I've got to say that working and talking with people yeah. human adults, <laughs> adults human adults <laughs> that actually make sense and talk back to you properly is a walk in the park compared to managing a you know a three-year-old or a five-year-old yeah. or a seven-year-old like it's it can be really challenging um i'm curious to know because there's this philosophy out there of oh you don't need to spend quantity time mm. with your kids it's all about just the quality um, which I think that obviously there are elements to quality that's are important, but um, this is something that Sarah and I has had a chat about quite a lot about how like the difference between quantity and quality, and you can't really like just replace quantity with quality. Sorry, you, you can't have quality time without Correct. quantity time. Yes, and I think that when people say that, when they say it's not about how much time you spend with someone, it's about the quality of time you spend with someone. I think that that's just something they're telling themselves to make themselves feel better, because children, children spell love, T I M E. So true. Children need time. 
And I say this all the time to entrepreneurs, but you have to keep in mind your child doesn't care whether you're a multimillionaire. Oh, yeah. Your child has no like goals. They, they care. Are you around to have dinner with me? Are you going to tuck me into bed at night? Mm. Are you going to play Legos with me? Are you going to talk to me about how school was? You're going to turn up to my sports game. That's what children care about. And that's what they remember. And that's what builds the fabric of a relationship with a child. And I mean, there are seasons in business and I know we're all in COVID. And so like, I think it's important to keep in mind, like if you're, you know, that initial few years when you start your business and it's all hustle and you really have to hustle in order to, you know, get some success and put food on the table and do all that sort of stuff. And, and maybe you hit times of crisis, like maybe COVID is like that at the moment where it's like, I really just have to hustle in order to get this moving. And there are very legitimate times like that. And so like the amount of quantity time you can spend gets reduced exactly and and how distracted you are when you're with them is different um but one of the patterns that i see in entrepreneurs is um is telling themselves that they're always doing it for their kids and i call it the i'm doing it for my kids delusion because there comes a time in business where you really are making enough money to pay the bills and you do have enough success to you i know for a fact that you're not where you want to be but you're definitely like you're okay yeah and it's really important at those moments to understand and delineate in your own mind this is now no longer for my kids This is for me. Mm. Now that in and of itself isn't a negative thing. It's Mm. a positive thing to do something for yourself, to go after a goal, to show, you know, the people around you what's possible. But if you're, if you're constantly making for, and I'm talking across the life of your child's life, I'm not talking about seasons, but if you are constantly missing time with them, distracted when you are with them and you're telling yourself it's because it's all for your children, I would gracefully and hopefully not in a shaming way suggests that it's actually not for your kids because once you've got enough money to put food on the table and send them to school and educate them and do all those kind of basic things what they want is you oh my gosh this is so big i mean i it's so true like i think about friends that i have and um or just people that i know and they say things like oh i'm doing this for my family and they have a $60 million company, you know, a $20 million property portfolio. And they're like, I'm building this for my family. And, and it's so true that once you hit a certain capacity level, you're actually doing it for your desire to Mm. achieve something and create something bigger. And that's not bad, but I think it's so true of finding that balance of going, am I deluding myself? Which is what Mm. we kind of wrote down, which was creating that, that I'm doing it for my family delusion. Yeah. And and I think when you when you have that realization and you f- you actually get honest with yourself and you go, "No, I'm actually doing this for me." Mm. What's cool about that is it gives you then the power to choose whether you're going to work that extra hour or not. Yeah. I feel like because if you're always doing it for your yeah. family, it feels like I don't have a choice. I'm doing this for my and family. That's, I think that's the point. It's not about like going, oh, well, I'll just quit my whole business yeah. then and just spend, you know, full time with my family. But it's like it takes that intensity off a little bit yeah. of like because when you're in a crisis, when you like legitimately have to do this for your family, as in if you don't yeah. do this, like there's no groceries at the end of the yeah. month. 
that's like it doesn't matter that's whether different. you're spending time yeah. with them or all that kind totally. of stuff we are but there does there's an intensity that happens as an entrepreneur where everything feels urgent and important <laughs> and always like, like goal driven <laughs> totally. and all that sort of stuff and if you don't have that clear delineation of like do you know what like i want to reach a multi-million dollar business or whatever your goals are but at the same time, who I am as a person, the legacy that I will leave in my children's life has little to no impact on whether I make millions of dollars. So true. Wow. That that whole distinction of that kids spell love, T-I-M-E, is just, is just so true. Um, and wow, I mean, it's just so, it's so big because I think when it comes down to it, it is as an entrepreneur there is this there's a part of us like you know you could call it the ego or whatever that wants to do something significant like it wants to you know be known or it wants to be important it wants to make a difference and i think most entrepreneurs are driven by a sense of status absolutely they're driven by a sense of uh well probably more accurately significance mm. that they want to do something significant right um, I'm probably driven by status, but <laughs> most... <laughs> You've definitely got more status <laughs> in my no, eyes. Totally. Uh, I'm joking. Everyone, guys, you guys you guys get that I'm a bit sarcastic, <laughs> right? Like, these are jokes, right? Uh, <laughs> is, is, is that you can so easily get deluded into thinking that I, I'm doing this for everyone else. Mm. And when you do that, you actually lose the ability to choose and mm. feel like you have choice in life. But when you face the reality, which is there is only a certain amount, once you hit a certain amount, you know, let's say it's maybe it's 70 grand or $100,000 and you have enough to put away for a bit of retirement and, and take a holiday and, and live life. Yeah. Everything else is kind of like really driven by this desire for you to do something more significant in your yeah. own life. And that's fine. But yeah. it's like when you lose that, that i that understanding then i think you start to get disconnected from from your family sometimes yeah and i think a lot of it too though is is having a think about where you define significance mm. and i feel very lucky that um personally i mean many of you know my story that um almost 10 years ago when i was in my late 20s um, I got diagnosed with cancer and it was an aggressive form of cancer. And I really went through a quarter life crisis in feeling very faced with my mortality. And the gift of that, because I was before that, I was the quintessential A type. You were goal driven, baby. <laughs> like drive myself into yep. the ground <laughs> over and over and over again. Yeah. Like. <laughs> You know, would walk past someone enjoying time off thinking, what's the purpose of what they're doing? Do you know what I mean? Because I was so unhealthily driven yeah. for that significance or that status or to achieve mm. something. And the gift of being faced with kind of what if this is the end for me is that it actually makes you wake up very quickly to what is important in the end. And for me... You know, it might sound cliche, but obviously the core relationships in your life about whether how you're showing up as a spouse and how you're showing up as a friend and how you're showing up as a parent is the most significant thing. Mm. And and interestingly, on a work level, for me, what I felt, um, I suppose, a sense of regret about wasn't about what I had and hadn't actually achieved. It was about how I had chosen to show up. 
And for me, the regret I felt in a work capacity was like I hadn't even tried some of these extra things that I'd wanted to do. And so I think very easily in our culture, we get distracted and think like, oh, when I reach like a a certain status amount or when I'm featured in Forbes or when I get to speak on such and such stage or when I make a million dollars, that's going to equal me feeling significant, Mm. even in a work context. But, But it's actually... The significance is actually driven from how you show up and it's really, really importantly driven by how you show up with the people that you care about the most. Mm. And I think honestly, babe, like I feel like you do this so well, like genuinely. Thank you. Um, Guys, can you you see why, (laughs) can you see why my my life is amazing? Because my wife is so amazing and I know that, you know, some of you may not know her intricately yet um i'm going to have her more on the podcast which by the way if you like hearing her on the podcast please leave a review because uh we had the most amount of reviews ever when i had her on the podcast last time so uh she's just i think brilliant. it might just be though your your story about being naked on i was instagram. yeah i did tell a story about being naked <laughs> on instagram but no 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 one which by the way if you want to hear my story about being naked on instagram go and check out that podcast <laughs> with sarah and i it's pretty pretty hilarious Uh, So we've talked about this whole idea of the delusion of doing it for your family. I think that's such a great distinction, what Sarah said, where it's really like, where are you finding your significance? And Mm. I think that that's probably the best way to define it as we're having this conversation. I love that because you can get very distracted by the significance of a bank account amount, the significance, excuse me of making a certain amount or having certain friends or being in certain circles. And, and you know, like that's all fine. Like it's mm. all part of like the journey. But but when it comes down to it, if you don't find, if you're not actively finding significance in your relationship with your spouse or your relationship with your kids and making that a goal, yeah, then that will not be, it won't grow. Well, I think if you don't make them a goal, what they become is a hindrance oh, to your wow. goal. Boom, mic drop. Because if they're not a goal, then when they're asking you to come down for dinner, you're like, you're hindering me from working on the business for X amount. Or if they're asking for your attention, you know, that's a hindrance to the goal. And then suddenly this relationship, which really is like very important to you, you end up treating in a way that sort of says that it's not important to you because it's standing in the way of the, the very thing that you want. Wow. Holy moly. You might have to just uh, rewind that and re-listen to that because that is unbelievable. Okay. Let's have a chat about creating healthy family rhythms. Yes. Uh, Because as an entrepreneur, there's basically no boundaries, especially as an online entrepreneur. If you are building an online business, which a lot of you are, especially in COVID times, uh, there's no boundaries and you've got social media, you've got access to email, you know, you can literally just be on 24 seven. And there's definitely a few habits and patterns and rhythms that we've got in our family that to be quite frank, Sarah has really driven and implemented. <laughs> driven and, and laid down the law. Run. <laughs> <laughs> laid down the law run. Uh, and, uh, and I've taken some wise advice from and they're actually amazing. Uh, is is some healthy family or just some patterns that work for us. Now, mm. by the way, these may not work for you and mm. these are just, you know, I'm not, we're not even saying you should do them. It's more just, these are some things that really work for us that may be healthy for you. And so 
Uh, did you want to speak to some of them? Yeah, so I think the first thing as an entrepreneur is to, to actually clearly define um, boundaries in terms of hours and space. Yeah. So um, we learned really early on. I mean, we were running our business at home for probably three. When I say at home, you were traveling for, to be a professional speaker. Mm. But if you weren't traveling, we were running from a home office three years before we had our first child. And we were pretty good at kind of keeping semi-work hours, but I definitely noticed it dramatically once we had our first child. So we we would just in every season of life, and we do this, they, the actual hours change, like depending on how old the kids are or what we need or all that sort of stuff. But um, clearly defining like work starts at this time in the morning and it finishes at this time. Um, and, and one of the things that we do, and I've definitely done this a lot during COVID is, um, for example, my work hours in this season, um, when my, I've got both kids at school now, is I mostly only work school hours. Mm. And then um, I, I like going and picking them up and being there with them for the afternoon. And then if I've got more work to do, I actually do it once they're in bed at night. Um, that's just one of the rhythms I do because I just know how it's Im- how important it is to be around for that afternoon dinner time. Yeah. And the other thing that we've always done is tried to create a separate space and actually invest um, where we've been able to and like getting a bigger apartment or how we're lucky to have a house now where there's a really separate op- office space and it's clearly defined. The kids know that's our office. They're mm. not going in there unless we're with them. It's, yeah, they creep up they here creep. sometimes, <laughs> but you can kind of see their shadow. because They got, get so excited because it's yeah. the room they're not allowed in. <laughs> we've got like this hazy see-through <laughs> door that you could, like it's like a glass door. And you can see the little shadow coming up the stairs <laughs> and then they just stand out there. I was actually doing a a mastermind training for a friend last night and I could see George's silhouette just yeah. standing there. <laughs> she keeps, she likes, she disappears. Like I'll be in yeah. the kitchen cooking and she'll go quiet and I'll know that she's up the top of the stairs <laughs> trying to, she's trying hilarious. to wait. <laughs> so good. So I love that creating a uh, clear actual workspace. Yeah. Uh, if you can, if you can afford yeah. that in yep. the, is a good investment and we've chosen to do that, Yeah. Uh, which has worked really well for us. Uh, having clear clear work schedule because yep. you don't have a clear work schedule yep. is actually being clear with that. I do want to say if I can butt in a bit because it's not as much detail and family rhythms, but we made a very dramatic change in our business about six years ago, and it was about it was the time that we first had our first child, Jonah, and um, we were in a very different business model. Colin yeah. was traveling and speaking and. I was in a position where I had a new baby and my husband was gone three weeks out of every four weeks of a month. And we actually made a very distinct change to move our business online from that point because it wasn't the type of life that we wanted for our children. So true. Um, And it wasn't the life I wanted. (laughs) I didn't want to be a single mum. But I I just think that's important to to talk about too because family was important to us. We actually moved online. It doesn't mean we don't work like just as hard as we did before, but yeah. it's like we're actually around. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that was it. So we were like, we've actually changed our business model to suit the type of life that we want. And we definitely don't have it perfect at no. all. Uh, and by the way, you know, I want to say there's a premise like, you know, I trust you know that we're, we're 100% still working on all this stuff and just sharing our journey experience so far. And so, you know, we're all working the, in the makings. And so, but one thing I definitely think we've done well is we've looked at our business model at different points in our life and mm. gone, is this where we want to go? Because when we didn't have kids, 
you know, me traveling a lot and I think yeah. you were working full time yeah. and doing your own thing as well. Like that was fine. It was working fine for that it was, time. It was great and yeah. I loved it. We enjoyed it. But as soon as we had kids, it, it definitely added a different dynamic and yeah. going, okay, what type of business model serves us? Mm-hmm. And then that was when we started to build online and started to sell our online services and and then it's kind of grown from there. So, I, yeah, I love that. Uh, one rhythm that we have that's working really well was, and this is something that, once again, Sarah discovered, is this <laughs> idea of a Sabbath and and that we, we've chosen a, a Saturday to be a Sabbath. And a Sabbath is not a day off. It is a day where you are unplugged mm-hmm. from even from trying to fix things, the desires that you have and things from the sense of you know you look around the house trying to fix things up because a lot of times a saturday or sunday people use it as the Mm. hey let's get on to the house stuff that Mm. we've been putting off for the rest of the week but a sabbath is no you don't even do that you Mm. don't even fix up things you don't even you know nail that thing in the wall Mm. like there's nothing that you do there's no no errands there's no shopping there's no social media Mm. Uh, and you'll probably notice, I mean, in this season right now, whenever you listen to it, like I'm not on social media on Saturdays. And uh, I know that's very impressive. <laughs> you should all be very impressed. Wow, Colin, wow. <laughs> You're amazing. <laughs> that is so impressive, Colin. Uh, but but uh, it almost is. <laughs> it's like so addictive. I know. And But this has made a big difference in our life. I definitely mm. think it's such a fuel tank that, that fills us up and the kids enjoy it. And I feel like if we do it well and we detach on a Saturday, a Sunday's a lot more buoyant. I yeah. feel better. We feel better. So that's been a really good, really good rhythm. Um, do you want to talk about, about our planning meetings? Yeah. Um, and before I do, I just keep yeah. jumping backwards based on what you're saying. But um, look, I think one of the challenges of being an entrepreneur is um, emotional exhaustion. Mm. And so... Um, Like driving a business forward as opposed to just going to work and clocking hours is a lot more emotionally taxing than clocking hours. Um, And so a lot of times uh, what happens is you get to the end of a launch or or even just a week, end of a week, and you've got literally nothing else left to give to your children um, in that relationship. And so that's where us practicing um, the Sabbath has come in really well because it's restorative to us personally, as well as giving us an extra period of time to like just hang out with the kids and the family. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So the other thing that we do is um, we have, Colin and I have a scheduling meeting every Sunday afternoon. And this just really helps us to like put everything on the table in terms of like the kids' schedules, our work schedules, getting really clear on who's taking like who to school, how we're managing appointments, who like, and then... by the way, I took the kids to school this morning. (laughs) You did. You win points. Wow. (laughs) You know that in telling, of the year. telling them that, that shows that that's, you don't normally do it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe once a week. You do. You're great. You're a great dad. Yeah. Um, I, I am. I can't remember what we'll say. <laughs> I know uh, I am. Weekly. Well, 
gosh, seriously, guys. Honestly, I wish I lived in your head. Like, Colin has this just capacity <laughs> just to like, doesn't matter what level of effort or success it is, he's like giving himself a good pat on the back. Oh I'm like, I did all... a pretty good job there, yeah. actually, when I think about it. <laughs> we need more of, I need more of that in my life. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, planning meetings and rhythms and when we're picking uh, up kids and stuff like that. Yeah, it just it just avoids all kinds of fights and frictions to kind of just put it all on the table. And um, we have set times where it's like um, we finish work, like Colin finishes, I think, like 4.30, 5 o'clock. And so it's just like when we have that boundary, we know like if someone needs to book an appointment or Colin's got a request for someone after 5 o'clock, mm. it's, it's not an automatic yes. It's like a let's just check how that works this week can we do it yes or no and so it's just it's just making sure everyone's on the same page yeah yeah now that's really good i think that you know having these types of habits and and schedules has helped us to uh navigate covid Hmm. navigate just general life yeah uh and you know we haven't even touched on having the kids at home during uh, COVID yeah, and I that's know. I feel a like whole... that's like a, everything goes out the window. <laughs> that's a whole beast in itself. I feel like too, like I know we talked about making children a goal, but one way I personally manage my own ambition now is really asking myself um, when my, ch- when my kids are 30, will, how will I look back on this particular season and wish that I managed it? Because there's been sometimes like uh, a few years ago when Georgia was, it was her, like, I can't even remember time, but it was her, it was her last year of preschool before mm. she started school. Yeah. And we were in a really busy time with work and like, it would have made sense for me. My oldest son was at school to put her in five days a week. But I actually just felt that, that feeling of like, when I'm, when she's 30 or whatever, I'm kind of going to wish that I managed this season differently. And so for me, and this is not at all saying you have to do this, but for me, I decided to only work four days that year and spend more time with her. Mm. Um, and so that's one way I really curb my ambition because I can find myself as an entrepreneur getting very, very driven. And I kind of miss the fact that our children are growing older and it is as much as it feels like a long season it is very temporary that they're with us and that they're at the age that they are Mm, i love that that perspective of yeah seeing the what how would you view this if you were viewing this 30 years from now what decisions would you make which i mean for us have i feel like have driven a lot of our most important decisions in our life um it's the reason why I married you, babe, because oh, I, I thought you. when I get to the end of my life, what sort of person would I want to marry? What sort of person would I want to be with for my whole life? And it was you. Oh, I love you. And you're, you're amazing. Like, I, I feel so grateful that I get to do life with you. Uh, I feel the same, babe. <laughs> uh, so we've talked about a few things today, which is uh, being a high achiever, having drive, having vision as an entrepreneur and that delineation, that distinction of going, just realizing that once you hit a certain point, where do you find your significance? Mm. Are you going to continue to find it in just reaching goals or are you going to balance it out? I think that's so important to be aware of mm. if you decide to have kids and have yep. family in your life. Uh, this idea of you know making the kids a goal, making your spouse a goal, uh, which is a whole nother conversation but i think that that's that's really that's really helpful uh the the routines and we didn't even touch on morning routines which 
that's just a joke that Colin yeah. and I pay out when you hear other entrepreneurs who don't have kids talk about how they do their morning routine. Now, if you don't have kids right now, bless you. I, I just bless you because... We only you- pay you out because we're jealous yeah, of t- your morning routine. 100%. <laughs> Whenever I see these people say, oh, you know what? My morning routine is I wake up and then I'm, I put on a, a some tea and then I, I do a, a, you Peloton know, a for Peloton an for an hour yes. and then I do a four-hour meditation <laughs> and I just make sure all of my energies and everything is just uh, like balanced and, and aligned and I'm in this great space and I'm like, you know what, I'm just... I'm just trying to get a shoe on my son's foot. I'm getting hit in the face at 5 a.m. And, get, and I'm getting asked to find a Barbie from the top cupboard and, and trying to get my son to eat a piece of toast. Yeah, like I didn't that, even get to eat breakfast that's or about shower. My, that's about my level of energetic balance that I'm reaching right there. <laughs> totally. And so yeah, that's that's kind of a funny... Yeah. We only pay you out because we're jealous. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. I, I wish we could do that, but yeah. uh, <laughs> but it's cool. Like, I mean, that is the journey of life, and and we've you know for us, if you if you've chosen to have kids, and we've we've chosen to have kids, like that was the journey that we wanted to do, and and it's it's an amazing, rich journey, and mm. um, I'm so grateful for it. And so, uh, you know, I'd love to, yeah, you know, in terms of this, you know, moving forward, we'll continue to have these conversations on the mm-hmm. podcast, but I'd love to hear what, you know, what's been most helpful. What could you please leave a review on the podcast? I really, we really are grateful for it. And iTunes loves it, uh, is just leave a review. What, what's been most helpful, most insightful for you from our conversation of, you know, having Sarah and I talk about, you know, our journey and hopefully, you know, it's been an encouragement because we always try to be grounded and, and as honest and as real as we can be. Um, this is not about, you know, us creating just a show where you go, oh my gosh, I wish I could be them. Uh, but do you wish you could be Colin? But, but do you wish you could be me a little bit? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's a joke, people. Uh, we really wanted to, you know, we, I, I feel like there's a part of us and we've talked about this of, we, we really want to be leaders in this industry that, that represents almost like we felt like almost like a, like a fathering, a mothering to, to people as they grow and develop and being a representation of someone who can lead and have a family and have health in their life, but also have, have some really great success in their business. And that's, that's you know, our goal as, as mentors and as leaders in this industry. That's, that's really one of our goals. Um, and so, yeah, so if you could leave a review, I'd be really grateful. And uh, it's been great having you on the podcast, babe. Thanks for having me. Talk soon. Why is it so hard to know what content to include in your speeches and webinars? Knowing which ideas to keep in and what to leave out is the difference between just getting claps or signing clients. If you're really serious about making your content highly persuasive, make sure to download the Persuasive Content Builder while it's still available. Go to www.persuasivecontentbuilder.com and get your step-by-step formula for designing and delivering content that connects with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Expert Edge.